This weekend is uh, going to be not typical of most of the weekends that we do here as far as the message. Um, it's, it's, to me, it's such an important message that I'm actually going to be at all the services live this weekend just because I think it's so important. And uh, basically, it's the weekend we talk about the vision. Where are we and where are we going as a church family? And I think it's an important thing to talk about the status and the future of Hope Church. Where are we? Where are we going? And if we could define, and we kind of, I've, you've heard me say this hopefully, if we could define what Hope Church is all about, it, it is helping people connect with God. And that's a short tagline, and I try to expand it sometimes, and I expand it this way. I say, we exist to help people connect with God through Jesus Christ and to help people grow in their relationship with Him. And, and that's essentially what we try to do. If, just, you know, as I mentioned, the life groups, that's our attempt to try to help you grow in a relationship with Christ or help you to grow in, uh, into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So um, that's kind of why we exist. And uh, here's the thing. Here's where it gets a little personal with me, okay? So generally, a church will take on the characteristics of its leaders, okay? In this case, I'm only indicting myself for this, for good or bad. Uh, but, but the point is, for good or bad, a church takes on the characteristics of its leadership, or in, in our case, me, in some ways. Um, so in some ways, the Hope community is, has been influenced by me and for the last 19 years, I've had an influence on this community. And I think our church bears that out. And you might come here and you may be new to Hope and you say, why are you like that as a church family? I mean, what, why? Well, it, partly it's my fault. Okay. And so I want to kind of give you a diff, kind of a, a walkthrough is who are we as a church? Who are we? And so that maybe that'll help you understand who we are as a church family. And the first thing I'll say is this, that we're, you know, the characteristic or the characters, characteristics of, of Hope Church is that we're not a flashy church. We're not a let's let's take that hill. Let's we're not a get a get on that shiny new bandwagon. We're a steady, eddy, get it done little by little church. That's who we are. Um. I'm not a flashy guy. I mean, look at me. All right. Now, I have a flashy wife, but (laughs) my wife would go. But I'm generally a steady Eddie person. And, and, you know, I plug away and I've been plugging away in our marriage for 35 years. Um, I've been in ministry for for over 35 years. The, The first five years was a lot of training, a lot of learning, a lot of, you know, just getting my feet wet so, you know, technically, I've probably been doing ministry for 40 years. Um, in, a, in a similar way, Hope is a steady church. And, and I believe that we're healthy. We have a healthy elder board. We have, uh, and I don't mean just physically healthy. And I'm not really talking about I'm talking about spiritually and emotionally healthy. We have a, a healthy elder board and staff. Our key leaders are spiritually healthy. And generally, healthy things grow. And little by little, over the years, Hope Church has grown, not just in size, but in impact in our community. 
We, we're able to do things today that we, we couldn't even dream of. So um, that's a little bit about us. Secondly, we're not a politically active church. We're not a signs and wonders church. We're not our take, we're not a, a take our, let's take our city for Jesus church. And, and what do I mean by that? Uh, and I'm not saying na 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 na, look at who we are. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying this is who we are. We're not apologizing for it. But you may come looking for that and say, well, why aren't you this? And I'm going to try to explain that. We don't publicly celebrate the sign gifts of the Holy Spirit like other churches. We do believe that God firmly, firmly believe that God is still doing miracles today. And we continue, continually rely on the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in all that we do. But we don't see angel dust. And we don't see people slain in the Spirit on a regular basis at the services. We don't have holy laughter. Um, and generally, hopefully, I'm not using the, the messages as a hobby horse or a bully pulpit. Hopefully, if I share something, you see it from the Word of God, that the motivation is from the Word of God. It's not from, from Matt Collins. You'll, hopefully, what you will see, though, are well-planned services where God is honored, His Word is taught accurately, understandably, and applicably. Uh, we want to teach His Word in a way so that people can take one step closer to Jesus. I want you to leave on a weekly basis saying, not was that a good sermon or was that biblically accurate or theologically accurate. Hopefully it was, all three of those. But most importantly, what does God want me to do with my life today, this week? How am I going to be a different person because I've interacted with the Word of God? That's what we're shooting for. We don't always hit it, but that's what we're shooting for. Secondly, we're not a politically active church. Politics has its place in our world, but I believe what our world, what our community needs most, more than ever, is not politics, it needs Jesus. And that's why I don't write letters to the editor as the senior pastor of Hope Church in Dubuque, Iowa. It's not like I haven't been, like, tempted I mean, I'm, I could have written 50 letters in the last 19 years. But you know what? I don't feel it's right for me to get up and speak for the faith community, for the family. So I don't write. I don't write letters like that. And I don't stand up and say, well, I'm the pastor of Hope Church and this is what I think. And people say, well, that must be what the whole church thinks. I have opinions. But... Um, that's why we, we I don't write letters... Um, we don't invite politicians to come and give a speech. We don't hand out voter guides. We just don't do that because you know, the bottom line is, here's, here's what we do ask you to do. And I think this is biblical. We ask you to pray for our leaders, whether we like them or not, whether we voted for them or not. We, we ask you to vote biblically informed, with a biblically informed conscience. We ask that you be a good citizen of heaven, which in turn will make you a transformational citizen of earth and of our community. That's what we ask you to be. Be a good citizen of heaven, and that will change your life and how you behave here on earth, and that will change our community. Here's one thing we will absolutely never be. I can guarantee we will never be this. We will never be a perfect church. Ever. 
as long as I'm here, we'll never be a perfect church. And here's the other thing. We'll never be the church for everyone. And what I let me define what I mean by that. I don't mean that we we're not going to be a church that doesn't accept certain people because of certain, you know, lifestyles or race or, you know, any. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we can't be all things to all people. We can't. We're not going to try to be. You may come here and say, you know, it's not for me. Maybe for someone else, but not for me. There are a lot of good churches in this community, but we can't be all things to all people. That's all I'm saying. But our goal is to be the best at what God's called us to be without trying to mimic other churches. We are on a mission to bring the gospel to our community in a way that we feel compelled by God to do so. That's what we're here for. That's why we're here. That means we're going we're gonna to fail to meet the expectations of many people who are looking for something we don't offer. We don't apologize for this, but we also don't fret about it. I, I've actually done that. Some people come and say, well, I'm looking for this and I'm looking for this. And I'm saying, well, that's great. I mean, those are good things to look for. That's not who we are. But there's one or two churches I can turn you to and they do that. And you, I think you're all, you'll be all over it. Um, and I've said this over the years, for 19 years I've said this. If you don't feel like you connect here, and you've tried, and you just, it just, you're out of, you feel like you're out of sync, find a church family, connect with them, and get involved there. Because it really doesn't matter where you get involved, it does matter that you do get involved. And that's really where I want to go the rest of the time. I want to talk about the core people of the Hope community. If I could give one trait, and, and I saw this very early when I first came to Hope, when I first came into the community and I first was part of the Hope community, one of the first things, one of the first traits I saw was a healthy core of people who desired to be humble servants of God. They wanted to be humble servants of God. Um, and I believe, and I'm absolutely convinced that we have flourished over the years because we have had, we have a lot of people who just love Jesus and just are willing to serve Him. That's all they want to do. Is they just want to love Jesus. And they want to serve Him. That's all they want to do. They love to serve Him because they love Him. Because He first loved them. So turn in your Bibles to page 737, Matthew chapter 6. And I want to talk about this, this trait because to me, this is the trait that underlies all the ministry we've been able to do and why we're, why are we here today and where will we be in the next five to ten years? And it will be because of this trait. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Matthew chapter 5, or 6, excuse me, verse 1. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and the streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they've received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you 
When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. When you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. And then your father who sees everything will reward you. And Jesus here in this passage is pointing out habits of our hearts. We want recognition. We want to be rewarded for our actions. We want to be noticed and applauded. We love the praise of men. We need to feel good about ourselves. We need to feel like God is in our debt. Let me just pick up those last two thoughts. Oftentimes, we need to feel good about ourselves. We need to do good. Sometimes we do good deeds and say, I'm going to do this good deed so I feel good about what I just did to that person. And, and, and by the way, that's, there's nothing wrong with doing good deeds and, and feeling good about doing good deeds. But sometimes we do good deeds because we want to say to God one day, you owe me. I've done all these things for you. I've given to these people. I've helped the poor. I've done all these things. You owe me. We want, to, we want to, to put God in our debt. I, I, I think one of the key characteristics of the people who have made hope what it is today are people who just behind the scenes just love Jesus and want to serve Him. Uh, they don't care about recognition. Have you seen this show this summer? You know how sometimes in the summer they do these like summer shows and then they just kind of like, Okay, we're done. We're moving on. There's this show called America's Got Talent. And, you know, there's, sometimes there's not too much, you know, good that's on TV. And this is a good show. And they've got some really talented people on this show. They've got these little girls. One of the girls is a ventriloquist and she sings. I don't know how she does that, but that's not neither here nor there. But they have these, these little girls. And the, one, the little girl you're going you're gonna to see a clip of in a minute is her name is Angela Hale, and she's nine years old. I want you to see a clip of Angela Hale. Angelica, excuse me. Because you are the piece of me I wish I didn't need. Chase A couple of weeks ago, Carol and I were watching that clip, and something dawned on me as I was watching that clip. Number one, I said, those little sneakers she wears are so cute. <laughs> that wasn't what dawned on me. But, um, but no, I, I'm watching her, and I'm saying, how does it, such a big, booming voice come out of such a little body, right? She's un- unbelievable. She's just un- unbelievable. But the other thing that I noticed, you probably missed. I want you to see a couple of still shots of that. 
You see her in the middle. What else do you see? Well, we have another slide. You see the four people there? There's probably more than four, I think. They're back up. They're in the shadows. They're older people. They're probably 20 to 30 years old, maybe younger than that. They've been playing their whole lives. They've been practicing every day. They've been playing that instrument every day. And they're in the shadows. They're not in the spotlight. The little girls in this. Now, I was thinking about that and I said this to Carol. I said, you know, how do they feel? How do they feel? And I I think there's two possible ways they feel. Maybe they feel both. I don't know. The first way they feel is this. This is what I think the first way that they feel. How is it? This is them speaking now. How is it that I've practiced every day since I was four years old? And now I'm 25 years old. And this little girl who's only been singing for four years gets the spotlight. And I'm in the shadow. How does that work? How is that fair? Now, that could be what they thought. The other way they could think is this. Mom, Dad, guess what? This week, I get to play national television audience. I'm going to be playing on TV. Can you believe it? I finally made it to the big time. I'm going to be playing for Angela, Angelica Hale. I get to play for her. I'm going to be right on stage in front of millions of people. Can you believe it? But you, you all missed, missed them. You didn't see them. You saw Angela. You didn't see them. See, Angela's the star of the show. Not the people who are playing the instruments very beautifully behind her. Not the people in the shadows. They are there to make Angela sound good. To support her. To help her succeed. Their job is to serve her. She gets the recognition. She's the star of the show. They're just the shadow players. That's all they are. Nobody knows their name. They're not going to get announced. You'd have to dig deep to even find out who they are. What is a shadow Christian? This kind of sounds like a bad thing, doesn't it? If you are a Christian... Jesus is the star of the show. He's looking for shadow players to join him, to support him, to serve him on his mission. We're not the stars of the show. We are here to support and serve the star of the show, Jesus Christ. If we do our job right, we will not be applauded, but they will applaud him. And that's why in Matthew, the chapter before that in Matthew 5, Jesus says this, 
You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives its light to everyone in the house. In the same way, notice, this is where the shadow Christian concept comes in. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise you. No, that's not what my translation says. So that everyone will praise your Father in heaven. My point here is this. The reason that Hope Church is where it is today, the reason why we flourish is because we have been blessed with many shadow Christians. They serve behind the scenes. They give their money sacrificially. They remain faithful throughout the years. And they have, and because of these shadow Christians, this Hope community has flourished and grown little by little by little because we have shadow Christians behind the scenes. You don't even know who they are. If you come to the meeting Tomorrow at 4 o'clock at Roshek, you'll see a couple of those shadow Christians. They're going to come out of the shadows and they're going to talk about something else they're doing behind the scenes shadow. It's part of the announcement we're going to make tomorrow. For the past 19 years, I have been blessed to serve with these shadow Christians. These brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to express my deep gratitude and thanks for your sacrifice, your faithfulness, your dedication to the Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ. Why do you do it? Why do you do it? Well, we know. You and I know why you do it. You do it because you love Him. You do it for Him. And it shows You know He's the star of the show. You remember He went into the shadows for you when He got off His throne and came to earth and His... Father, where are You? He came to earth and He served us by giving His life. You know that. You serve Him because He first served you. He went into the shadows for you. You are not motivated by the applause of men. You are moved because you were dead and now He made you alive. And you can't thank Him enough. Turn over to page 895, Ephesians chapter 2 for a moment. This is what Jesus has done for us. And, And the shadow Christians are the ones who get this. Every day they wake up and they go, I can't believe... This happened to me. I can't believe He did this to me. We wake up every day thinking this. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says this, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in this unseen world. He is the Spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful behavior. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But then he goes and he says this, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that he, even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. 
He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. Shadow Christians are people who experience, daily experience the resurrection of Christ in their lives. They, re, they realize they are alive because He rose. They realize that we were, they used to be dead, but now Christ has made them alive. And they want to live for Him. And they're willing to live in the shadows for Him. So I want to apply this. I want to talk about what does that mean moving forward. The critical needs of Hope Church for the next few years. What are they? In the past few years, we've lost some of our key shadow Christians. The question is, who's going to take their place in the shadows? Who's going to step up and say, I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to sacrifice. I'm ready to be part of the shadow community. If you're feeling the call, here's what we need right now. If you're not feeling the call, then you can just kind of time out and I'll just start sounding like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, wah, wah. Okay? Here are the critical needs of the Hope Church family. Right now, today, we need people who are willing to give financially. We need people who will tithe, consistently give 10% or more of their income to the Hope community. Yeah, I said 10% or more. We need people who are willing to tithe. Tithing means you're giving off the top of your income to this faith community. 10% or more. We need people that are doing it. We have shadow Christians that have done it. About 20% of people support about 80% of our budget. They just give. They have These shadow givers, shadow Christians, have been faithfully doing this for many years. Our hope would not be where it is right now without these shadow givers. And I want to stop and I want to say thank you to the many of you who have given sacrificially over the past 5, 10, 15 or more years to this community. Because because of your giving, we are able to do what we are able to do today. We have a number of people who already do this. And I want just to stop and say, Carol and I, for the last 19 years, have given at least 10% of our income off the top to Hope Church. This hasn't been easy. We have five boys going through college, okay? We got our last one going through college. So, you know, the bottom line is this is not easy. And by the way, it's not just that. We give, we give to the kids uh, that go on a missions trip from this church. We give to, uh, outside to missionaries. And, and uh, this, and I'm not, understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that to brag. I am saying that to say, uh, I need to set an example. It's not to brag, but it's to set an example. And I also want to say, it hasn't been easy. It's taken sacrifice on our part to do this. All I'm saying, the only reason I bring that up is just to say, I won't ask you to do anything we're not already doing. Secondly, we need people who are willing to serve behind the scenes, in the shadows, without recognition. You just show up, you do your job, you have a heart for service, and you do it for Jesus. You're not looking for recognition, you're not looking for... But you're willing to just come and serve and say, My Father who sees everything will see what you do, and that's good enough for you. That's good enough for you. You faithfully serve because He gave up everything for you. And you, you know he'll never, you'll never be the same because of what He's done for you. We have a number of people 
who have faithfully served our Hope family over the years. They won't. They, they work hard. They sacrifice time. They give their best so that others can find Jesus and grow in Him. And I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. We would not be able to do this not if it had not been for you. You've been faithful. Number three, we need people who are going to who are going to be there in the next few years. They're going to show up and be there. They're going to make long term a long term commitment and keep it. We're not looking for a flash in the pan commitment. And one of the concerns I have as a pastor is sometimes mobilizing people to get involved and to serve. And sometimes it's easy to say, "Oh, hey, support children for Haiti or do this and." You know, we'll do this for, and it's a kind of a flash in the pan, and we can get people to do that. But what we need is people who come and say, I'm going to find a, 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 something that needs to be done. I'm going to pick up a mop, and I don't mean literally a mop, but sometimes that's the case, right? But I'm going to literally find something that needs to be done and work with that leader and find out how I can serve faithfully in that ministry. See, we cannot make plans without committed people. We can't do it. One of the great things, one of the great encouragements to me and to our leaders is when we have leaders that just say, I'll be there, and you know they'll be there, and they're going to do it. They're going to get it done. And we, we sometimes talk at staff meeting, well, who are we going to get to do this? And it's, the names come up. A lot of times it's the same names. Oh, get such and such. You can just give it to them. They'll just run with it. They'll take care of it. You won't have to worry about it. We have been blessed with people like that. But you know what? We've lost people like that. They've gone. They've died. They've moved away. And, and the question is, well, well, who's going to do that? We, we have a number of people who faithfully have shown up over the years. And I'm so thankful. You've, you've been such an encouragement to me. And I know you don't do it for me. You do it for him. I get that. But you know what? It's such a blessing. You know, the future of the Hope community hangs in the balance. And, it, and I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. I, I really think so. I think we're in a place right now that we are, we're kind of coming to a place where we're either going to take a step forward or we're going to take a step back. Uh, I want to take a step forward. And the only way we're going to be able to do it is if people say, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm, that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be part of that. The future of the Hope community hangs in the balance. We have lost some of our key shadow Christians. And my question is, who will replace them? And the answer is, you will. You must. You have to. That, that's, 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 that's what it comes down to. Who's going to step up and become the faith community, this faith community's future? Who are going to be the shadow Christians of the future? Who are the people who are willing to stand in the shadows to support the one in the spotlight? Who, who, are, who, are, who are going to be the people that say, you know, I'm going to step up, I'm going to make a commitment, I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to serve in the shadows, because you know what, the bottom line is he started the show, I get that, he gets all the recognition, he understands what I'm doing, he understands my heart. It's coming to a place where this is where we're at right now. We need people in the shadows. People who just want to faithfully serve and are going to show up. They're going to give their best. They don't do it for the church. They'll do it for me. They'll do it for recognition. They don't do it to get 
a pat on the back or an attaboy, which we'll try to give. They do it because of what he's done for them. Remember, Jesus is the star of the show. Paul tells us that. Philippians chapter 2, and I'll close with this, this passage. God elevated him, Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Shadow Christians get that today. They know the star of the show today. One day, everyone in the world from all times and all ages, they'll figure that out. Shadow Christians figure it today. And they bow the knee today and they serve in the shadows today. May God help us to raise up a community of shadow Christians that are willing to give the glory to God and are willing to serve in the shadows for Him. Stand with me, would you please? So, Father, um, thank You for providing us with a faith community where we've been able to see You work in our community. Thank You for the faithful people who have laid a foundation that we stand on their shoulders today, this weekend. That they have served faithfully. They have given sacrificially. They have stood in the shadows without recognition, but they don't do it for recognition. They do it for you. It may be, Father, that some in this room have been putting off making a commitment to this local community, this family. Today's the day they need to step forward and say, I'm in. Let's go. Where can I serve? It may be, Father, some of us have gotten a little laxed on our commitment and we need to kind of step it up a little bit. Whatever you are moving in our hearts, your Holy Spirit is moving in our hearts, we pray that we would take some tangible action. Because... You have placed us in this community to help people connect with God, to connect with you. And we are on a mission from you. We can't do that mission unless we have a whole lot of people playing behind the scenes, in the shadows, so that you can get the glory. Raise up shadow Christians. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.